0: hello everybody and welcome to the sanctify way where i share the highs and woes of womanhood as a creative woman this is my platform to tell you how those highs and woes create my life song because as the saying goes life is a disco and no matter how many times the music changes you just keep on dancing let's do this a lot has happened over the last i think year that we last spoke, I've gone on a an extreme health journey, um, just getting myself together health wise. So, I've lost about 35 pounds and um, I'm just in a healthy mentality. You know, happy, healthy whole is what has been my motto for the last couple of months, um, honestly, the last year. And I can't wait to share some of the lessons that I've learned. So, one of the lessons that I learned over the last few years was this thing that um, I like to call righteous entitlement. And um, entitlement is simply the fact of having a right to something, the belief that one is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. So as a believer, I believe that there are a lot of promises that I am the recipient of. You know, um, like God is always with me. God is always in control. God will protect me. Um, God will be my strength. God will answer. He will provide for me. He will give me peace. God will always love me. God is always good. God is always watching. God is always victorious. You know, Um, those are the things that I know are mine. But none of these promises actually prohibit me from going through anything. None of these say that I will always have all the money that I need. They don't promise that I won't get sick. They don't promise that my mom won't get sick. They don't promise that my family members won't get sick. They don't promise that um, I won't have to deal with naysayers. They don't promise any of that. But um, it always trips me out (laughs) that um, righteous entitlement is sometimes the air that we have about us. You know, we get sick and we demand for God to heal our bodies. Let's pause there. I do believe that healing is the children's bread. But I also believe that sometimes healing is not always immediate. I attended a conference um, a couple of months ago and the presenter said healing is sometimes progressive. So my prayer is that God would do something permanent to let us know that he's healing. And since that moment, it's kind of put language to how I've been feeling about things that I've been seeing. Um, if healing is what I'm asking for, I've come with that mentality. And I know somebody's like, well, Alyssa, how can you speak from that place? I'm glad you asked. Um, I can think of a lot of different situations where I came to God with this arrogant mentality that he owed me something for it. Um, about two years ago, my husband tore his quad. It's actually almost two years to the day. He tore his quad. And when he fell, I'm like, there is no way he is going to have to have surgery. Like it's going to be miraculous, you know, that kind of thing. Long story short, he ended up being out of work for 20 weeks. We had to go end up going back for surgery. It got infected. Um, it was a long, probably year and a half process that I did not think that I was going to have to go through because I too carried that same righteous entitlement. Like I'm doing good. I'm paying my tithes. You know, um, I'm reading my word, I'm studying, I'm giving to others, you know, I'm helping the poor. But that is honestly not what the promises of God actually mean for me. Um, And then I can think of the fact that when I was 19, most of you know, I was diagnosed with endometriosis. And the funny thing is that um, when I first got diagnosed, I initially believed that healing was my reward for doing what was required of me. You know, I practiced abstinence as a young lady. So in my mind, I thought that because I was abstinent, um, it didn't make sense that I would have a problem with my reproductive system, you know, because I was saving that for my husband. And you know, we dated three years before we got married and, you know, we got married. I'm thinking like, it's a piece of cake, you know, God is just going to deliver because he's going to give that to me because I've been doing right and I was so wrong. I was so very wrong. Um, never did I imagine that healing for me would be having a hysterectomy. That was when I realized that I had been carrying around righteous entitlement. I had convinced myself that I was worthy of healing because I was doing right. I'm going to let that sink in for a moment. I had convinced myself that I was worthy of healing just because I was doing right. Right. And, you know, most often the story of Hezekiah is the point of reference for these debates that we have with God. You know, you're like, Lord, if you heal me, you know, let me turn my face to the wall like Hezekiah did. And the crazy thing is, (laughs) I never really understood why the story of Hezekiah was even in there, because it didn't make sense to me, because every promise that Hezekiah made to God on his deathbed, he broke all of them. Um, his promises to God were, you know, if you heal my body, I'll, I'll, I'll do your will and I'll teach my children and I, they'll teach their children and, you know, it'll be a wonderful thing and I'll serve you for the rest of my life. If you know anything about the story of Hezekiah, you know, he did the complete opposite. He did good for a while and then all of a sudden he just went left and that totally was not what happened, Right. So it bothered me so much. I'm like, God, why is it that we carry this righteous entitlement? I need to know more about, honestly, what was even the purpose of putting Hezekiah's story in there? Like, what? why did you heal him? Again, I'm asking God questions about things because I don't understand. Like, we we use that story for reference, but it doesn't make sense as to why what was the purpose of healing? Um, I know it was to testify of God's healing power and we knew the power of God and other people heard about it. And because of it, they would end up turning and they would end up giving their lives to God. But I'm like, you really just use Hezekiah for him to do whatever. So I started to do some research and I found something pretty amazing. Okay. So in my research, I found a few things. Um, In those 15 years that God granted him after he was on his deathbed, God actually allowed his son Manasseh to be born. So that's interesting. Um, I was like, oh, well, maybe that's what it was for. You know, Manasseh had to come into the world. But then when I researched Manasseh's reign, like I realized that he literally did the same foolishness his dad did. So that let me know that Hezekiah, you obviously didn't teach your son what he was supposed to do because... He did the same thing you did. So that was a dead end. Um, Then I kept researching, right? And I realized that Hezekiah is mentioned in the lineage of Jesus. Crazy, right? Um, We know that the Old Testament was translated from Hebrew and the New Testament was translated from Greek. So sometimes the spelling of names is a little different. Like in the Old Testament, it's Isaiah. and the New Testament, it might say Esaias. But we know they're the same, Person. So I started doing some research on, you know, other translations of Hezekiah. And I realized that Ezekias is the other translation of Hezekiah. And if you go to Matthew 1 and 10, you see that there is Ezekias, and then he gave birth to Manassas. And then it keeps going like that. And I understood. So, you know, I did some cross referencing to make sure that it was the same one and, you know, who Hezekiah's father was. And it really was. So it ends up being that Hezekiah's lineage is one the one of Jesus. And that blew my mind because it let me know one thing. Hezekiah was only healed to make room for Jesus. That was it. That, that was the only thing that made his healing make sense because in his healing, within that 15 years, he was able to bring forth Manasseh, which then gave his lineage room to grow because it was through Manasseh that he ended up having Amos, I think, <clears throat> or Amen, I believe, and then Amen, and then you get um to Josias, which is the young king, and it made so much more sense. So, for me, it helped with this righteous entitlement thing because a lot of times what I'm asking from God and what I am i feel like I'm entitled to is not really making room for Jesus. It's making room for me to be comfortable, but it's not really about me being comfortable because that's why he sent the comforter. The comforter is to comfort me. So it only makes sense that if I'm asking God for something, it has to make room for Jesus. And if we're a honest A lot of times God healing us or God giving us what we're asking for in this entitled brat mentality, it wouldn't teach us anything or cause us to go deeper in our relationship with Jesus. We would be out here reckless, okay? I mean reckless. And I know for myself, I would be because had I been healed, honestly, of endometriosis and I had been able to bring forth more children, I don't think that I would have had the same reverence for God that I do because not being able to give birth because that's the thing that makes me so much of a woman. So not being able to do that has caused me to dig deep inside myself and figure out like, God, what are you trying to reveal to me about being a woman? What are you trying to teach me? Because if I can't do the one thing that everybody says, oh, How are you handling that? And I know one of my other sessions, I think it was the one from last season was being barren in a fruitful land. That is hard to do. It is very hard to do. And it's something that I pray for every woman that has to go through this. But it's one of those things that in your mind, it'll teach you to regroup and to rethink everything that you think about being a woman. So for me, this whole endometriosis thing, it gave me a level of empathy and a level of sympathy and a level of compassion for women in a different way that I don't think I would have been able to grasp had God given me what I asked for. Had he given me the three to four children that I wanted, Um, I don't know if I would have been able to tap inside and to interact and communicate and pray over and cover women the way that I do because I've experienced it. Um, So that righteous entitlement, you know, it, it didn't even make sense because the call that God has on my life is totally different. So before you operate in righteous entitlement, think about Hezekiah. Does whatever I'm asking God for and feeling like he owes it to me. Does it even make room for Jesus? There's a saying that goes, check yourself before you wreck yourself. And I want to make sure that you don't wreck yourself. So even when we don't understand things and we don't feel like they're necessary, things are necessary for us to go through, let's check ourselves and not carry this righteous entitlement because Jesus knows exactly what he's doing. All right? so thank y'all for listening it's so good to be back um and before you go subscribe leave me a review and let's do this thing because i have a lot of great topics prepared for this season including sisterhood we're talking about fertility we're talking about so many other things that i cannot wait for you to be a part so please do me a favor and subscribe to this share it with your friends give me a review and let's do this thing and like i always say you know it was coming be you be grateful but most importantly i need you to be sanctified